Hey, Steve. Yeah? What's the difference between a mouldy lettuce and a depressing song? I don't know, Giles. What is the difference between a mouldy lettuce and a depressing song? One's a bad salad and the other is a sad ballad. Are you expecting a response from me? Welcome, 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 one and all, to the This Our Johnny Domino podcast. We hope you're feeling well, and uh, we're happy to have you back. I'm Giles. And I'm Steve. And every episode, we listen to songs, some of which we wrote and recorded over 30 years ago. Over 30 years ago. If you can imagine such a time. Yeah. Everything was black and white in those days. It was. And I just used to eat French bread pizzas. Mm, burn the top of your mouth. Yeah, that was it. Now, last episode, if <laughs> you've listened to it, I feel that listening back to it, I was not on form. I think I, I feel like I missed quite a lot, a, a, quite a lot of chances there, things to talk about. And um, I don't know, I feel like I was a bit half asleep. So I just want to sort of clear a few things up. We did um, listen to Lard Pony, Lard Pony's great song about yes. Michael Evis, mm. uh, which I really loved, actually. Mm. And I feel like I didn't really dig into those lyrics and analyse it enough, and it was really good. So I'm going to apologise for that, and I'm going to ask Tom to send the lyric sheet in, please, for that. Because okay. I really like that, and I feel like we kind of missed 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 something there, and and also the the listening to Gilly Gone produced something. Uh, it produced a dream in me. Really? Uh, I had a dream the other night. Yeah, can I tell you about it? Yes, please. I had a dream, and it's on the the the, the unlikely event that the podcast kind of blew up to a, a massive level, mm -hmm. and we got into a position where we had to recreate the songs live. And it was it was quite an intimidating situation because it was I don't know what it was but it was something like all tomorrow's parties or something at the South Bank Centre. Wow, I know, I know, yeah. ridiculous, right? Sounds awesome. And uh, we had to re recreate some of the songs, and it was all going really well. I was dreaming about the sound check. Okay, but we hit a bit of a road bump when it came to Gilly Gone, and the flautist was sounding really good. But you and I came to a disagreement over the string section because it was too loud, in your opinion. The string and, section. Uh, yeah, there was a string section in Gilly Gone, right? Yeah. And uh, I never got to do my dance. Okay, so I was pretty sad about that. So that was a, that was that was from last last episode. It was, was it provoked a dream. That is an amazing dream. It was an amazing dream. Mm. Other people's dreams, eh? Yeah. Interesting or boring? There's nothing more interesting to listen to than somebody talking about their dream. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Speaking of dreams, there's a link with some of the songs. I mean, it is quite a random thing to talk about, but we're going to talk later on in the episode with two songs that were drawn directly from dreams that 
in my memory I had and I told you about, and then you included them in lyrics to songs. Yeah. It's the dreamy episode. It's mm, dreamy. Mm, dreamy. But the first, but yes. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. Now, what's that quote from? Because I know that quote from a song by Propaganda. That's where I've got it from. Oh, that's beautiful then. I didn't know if it was from somewhere from somewhere else, but yeah. yeah propaganda. propaganda yeah. German. Basically, they, they were described by the label owner, Paul Morley, as ABBA from hell. Yeah. And they were absolutely my favourite band when I was about 12. Yeah, I've been kind of getting into some high 80s stuff recently. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening to Propaganda and a bit of uh, The Art of Noise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they've just reissued, uh, as we record, they've just reissued Who's Afraid of the Art of Noise. Yeah, yeah. I think it's coming to the point now, that music, where it's kind of, it went through a stage of sounding incredibly dated. But Mm. now when I listen to it, it's starting to sound like the future. Or like just a kind of a bit more... Current. Yeah, current, yeah. Current, that's not the word I was after, but yeah. Okay. There you go. Excellent. Well, that was a completely random aside. What do you want to talk about? Well, shall we talk about the first song? Oh, yeah. So, because every episode, we we tend to listen to songs from our back catalogue of old recordings, and we decide which one of those songs is going to be included in a mixtape of the best of Johnny Domino. Mm. And... Um, you know, join in with this. Tell us which one you think is the best. That'd be great. I'd like yeah. to hear from people, their opinion. Yeah, and absolutely. We can just do nothing about it at all, but you'll feel, you will feel heard and seen. Yeah. And that's, that's basically it. Okay. So the first song we're talking about is a song called Now They Can Read Your Mind. Mm-hmm. Now this is from, we were very prolific in 1995. I say prolific, we're prolific recording songs for ourselves. Um, and this is one of them. Do you want to say anything about it? It does start with a, an excellent bit of dialogue, which again, I think I crabbed from my university record library. All right. I think that um, you're, you like this song, and I'm not sure whether I do like this song. So I think we might have a bit of a mm. discussion about this, because I think you, you probably want this one on the mixtape, but I'm not sure I do. There are some pretty snarky lyrics, but musically, I think it's pretty strong. Okay. The music you're going to hear has been specially composed for school groups. A new kind of music. Searching for 
what are we using for drums there? That's a float, like a tom-tom. Is it? Yeah, we had a drum kit in a cupboard in my bedroom that I think we borrowed off job. dog issues during that song when we were just listening to it there okay but it's all right i think the dog's sorted now hmm. it was trying to it was trying to shepherd tracy into the same room as me because it likes us to be together oh <laughs> that's beautiful now they can read your mind i think that dog can read my mind yes what were you saying to the dog with your mind i said please be quiet. I'm trying to record a podcast. Mm. It was not very impressed by that. Anyway, let's get back to the matter at hand. 
I really like the music on that. Again, it was um, I'm playing the acoustic guitar, you're playing the keyboards. I am. It's a triumphant keyboard part. I think, I think uh, the technique uh, I I'm using is what I would term as the searching for the note technique. Yeah, and in an effort to help you find the note, mm. I transposed the keyboard and then said, "Play on the black notes." Yeah, so the, which yeah. is why it, which is why it fits. It, it helped, but yeah, I think I think it's good. I think yes, we are playing a tom tom drum as a uh, as like a conga type thing. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's quite. A, I don't know. It's a bit of a, it's an interesting sound that one. Mm. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure whether I love it. No, I'll tell you what it reminds me of, and it's not really in the same ballpark. Kind of rhythmically, I suppose. But you know the McCarthy song, I'm on the side of mankind as much as the next man, right? Yes. Which I think is probably my favourite McCarthy song, actually. That's a great um, song. Yeah. I think we were kind of trying to go for something a bit like that. Possibly. But yeah. it's not It's not quite as groovy. But I think we were going for sort of that sort of thing. Mm. I've been looking at the, and this is a shocking revelation, looking at the list of songs that mm-hmm. I typed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that recording is actually from late summer 1994. Uh, yeah. I think listening to the lyrics, certain people, myself included, were starting to get on my nerves somewhat. <laughs> and I was... Lashing out? In, in the song, I think I was trying... No, I think I was trying to induce paranoia. Yeah, it was a song specifically written to try and induce paranoia, especially the end bit where I'm just repeating, repeating the phrase "not you, someone who's like you" yeah. over and over again, and that, and that was like definitely inspired by Kurt Cobain. You know how he did that thing where he just used to say the same thing, sing the same thing over and over and over again at the end yeah. of the song. Yeah, I, I was kind of like that's like you know that's what Kurt Cobain did, so I'm going to do that. Cool. And um, it was you know not you, someone who's like you. Paranoia, paranoia. Don't worry, this song's not about you, just someone who looks a lot like you. (laughs) I do like that. And he was all about paranoia as well, wasn't he? It wasn't about you, Steve. You never thought that, though, did you? No, I'm I'm secure enough in my own ego to realise that that's not about me. Mm. I mean, there's that snarky line at the start, happy as a pig in shit, living on housing benefit. I hate that line. It's an okay rhyme, but it's not not my favourite sentiment you ever came out with. It's not the greatest words to start a song with, is it? It's a bit punching down. It's a bit of punching down. Not that you were particularly up at the time. Yeah, so this is like my young conservative song. Oh, Christ. Maybe that's why. It's like McCarthy, but on the other side of the political, political spectrum. Oh, my God. Oh, that's what I'm realising now. It's a right wing McCarthy song. Oh my god! But but I really I mean, like the keyboards. Yeah, but I really like the keyboards on the yes. black notes. All the black I, notes. What, what a dilemma! What a dilemma! I mean, it's not really. It's not going to. It is a dilemma. Is it? Is it going to end up on the mixtape, Steve? I know it is. It is. It is. <gasps> we um we actually obviously thought enough of that song to re-record it because we re-recorded it in my hyper-clean recording phase. 
Mm. And it actually ended up on the B-side of our single that was released on the French label Candy Sherry. Ah, uh, yeah. So it was on there, and it's got some very professional-sounding bits. There is no keyboard. That's weird, because the keyboard was the best bit. Yeah, it's completely taken off. So all you've got are some very clean guitar sounds and horribly a slide solo. I think it's like the Yacht Rock version. It is. It's a very, very smooth version. Smooth. Yeah. And for some reason, we put that on the B-side mm. of of our single. Mm. So basically, we took the one thing that was really good about the song. Got rid of it. Got rid of it. Mm. Classic. And kept the, uh, the right-wing McCarthy sentiment. I mean, housing benefit was a different thing at that time. Am I, am I right in thinking it was a lot easier to it was i mean was I admit, i'm not i've never i've never been i'm just going to make it clear to anybody who's listening who doesn't know me that i'm i've never been particularly right wing on no. on my political views so it, i think what i was i mean i was living on housing benefit yeah, exactly <laughs> right and i was talking about the lifestyle that i was leading but i was realizing that it was not a good way to live no. So I kind of was sort of saying, come on, guys. Come on, guy. Talking to yourself. No, I was, guys, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, let's get our shit together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, started listening to Fugazi, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting one. I do like it musically, and I like the repetition at the end. Um, yeah. But, yeah, why would we record, record that without... Without the keyboard bit, that's a Don't very know. peculiar weird. thing to do. Isn't it weird? The decisions you make, but you, and then you look back at it in hindsight and you go, mm-hmm. we had something. Mm. Mm. What's the next song? Right. For consideration. The next song for consideration is from, I'm not going to say it was a band, really. It was a recording kind of songwriting thing, and we didn't even record it professionally in inverted commas it was a band called the elvis impersonators oh we're going all the way back we're going back to early 1990 that's 1990 now eventually i'm going to need you to do a rock family tree for all of this stuff because it's ridiculous because we've mentioned in the past there was a band called space rat and we were the soundtrack for children 
Mm-hmm. to go and get drunk in the back room of a working men's club in San Diego in Nottingham. Yeah, that was a gigging um, band. They were a gigging band. And then Space Rat split up when Jock, Brian, Archdeacon of Pop, left the band, stopped drumming for us. And then we turned into a three-piece band called The Usual Rosie. Terrible name, terrible band. Mm-hmm. Then we knocked that on the head. And then we started, myself and you, we started writing songs under the name of the Elvis impersonators. I'm sorry to like, you know, squash your it's idea boring, for a rock it, yeah. family tree, but I just think it's quite boring, really. Right. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> but we did sort of go through a phase of just recording stuff yeah. under the name of the Elvis impersonators. And it was a period that I really it's so long ago and we just recorded it on a like a boombox type thing, yeah, yeah, didn't we? yeah, basically. And I'd, and I'd, and I'd completely forgotten about it. Actually, mm. I'd completely forgotten about it until recently. You gave me a, a a copy of a compilation tape that we made from the time or around the time. Yeah, yeah. Called called Fuckles is Chunny. Interesting yeah. name, and it had a picture of Pee Wee Herman on the front cover. Rest in peace, Paul Rubens. And most of the songs on it. I have to, you know, we're pretty unlistenable, pretty hard to listen to. Yeah, I would say hard to listen to, slash completely unlistenable. Yeah, um, but this one stood out, mm. right? Now it's got Sally Ann singing on it, yeah. um, and Sally Ann was a friend that we met, you know, through college and stuff. And I always, I do remember. I, I mean, I think about Sally Ann every time I hear Mud Honey because she was yeah. like the person that kind of like. First played me Mudhoney, I think, right? Sally Ann used to make some excellent compilation tapes. She really did. So you're right. She had a finger on the pulse of what was happening on Sub Pop way before anybody else that oh, I knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she yeah. All those. I mean, God, I'd love to have a look at her record collection. If she's still got it, please don't have sold it at Sally Ann. But yeah, she had yeah. like, some amazing early Sub Pop singles and compilations for various other record labels. I think it was a tape that she did for me where I first had a big black. You know, yeah. A couple of years yeah, after yeah. fact, obviously. But yeah, definitely. She was, she was very cool, wasn't she, Sally? She was excellent. Right? I she don't had, know what she was doing hanging around with us, to be honest. God knows. But she did she did come and do some singing for us on a couple of songs. Yeah. And this is one of them. This is one of them. And it's called The One That Time Forgot. And I think I'm playing guitar. Yeah. And you, Stephen, are heroically playing that keyboard bass. Known throughout the land, loved by people everywhere. Admired by men, loved by women, the keyboard yeah. bass. The keyboard bass. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. we, to say, we had recently upgraded our drum machine. So we went to the Alessis HR16. And that the, the benefit that this had was you could change the sounds, you could tune the sounds and faff around with them in that sort of way. And you could create a drum pattern of any length. Mm. So we faffed around with that quite mm. a lot. So there's a really awkward bit where the count, I can't even remember what the count is. I might try and count it while we listen to it, but yeah. it just goes bizarre. And there's also, I'm, while we're playing it, I'm going to look up the term, but there's a little bit of rhythmic trickery right at the start.
forgotten about that song. Yeah, what it was the one that I'd forgot. Yeah. Now, what happened at the start is it's called metric ambiguity. Yeah, explain, explain. So basically, what happens is the bass is going and then and you kind of think, oh, all right, I know where the beat is on this. And then it, the drums come in on the so it moves, it shifts the beat. That's all it is. But we were being very, very clever with these songs. Fancy, fancy. Fancy, fancy. And there's all those. It wasn't like just weird... that we weren't. Yeah, so we actually did that on, on purpose, do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you did. Well, we did. We we did yeah. work it out. Otherwise, you'd have just wanted to stop the song every time we played it. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, the Elvis impersonators uh, with the one that time forgot with Sally Ann on vocals. I mean, I don't think she was amazingly comfortable singing. Mm. Yeah, well, she, was just, she was just kind of starting off. I think that song just makes me think of like what ifs, really. Mm. When I listen to that, I kind of think what ifs, because I think what if, if if Sally Ann had like learnt to sing maybe a couple more notes, right, <laughs> and 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 kind of just hung around with us a bit more, and what if I perhaps practiced the guitar and learnt how to play a few more chords and you know what if, if i'd started playing the keyboard bass a bit earlier yeah what could have been what could have been i think that could have been a really good band it was a good combination of people but it was a very short-lived musical outfit because at the same time as doing the elvis impersonators we were starting off as the millers mm. so there's a bit of crossover i don't know i think we could have we could have gone somewhere with that riot girl suicide crossover type thing yeah but you know let's not pretend we were cool enough to have heard suicide at the time no no we really weren't no. it made me think of the band you know the shags if you remember this you know the shags it's not quite as bad as the shags <laughs> it's not quite as bad as the shags but it kind of gives me shags vibes mm. if you really want to kind of upset people and clear a room yandek and the shags That'll yeah. do it. Have a party. Yandek in the shags. Yeah. Good tip. Thanks. Now, that song featured a lyric about a dream that I had. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to the dream thing. Yeah. And, go on, and then. So what, the, what, what, does it remind you of the dream? It does a little bit. I mean, I probably only remember this one because we, we in inverted commas, immortalized it in song. It was a dream where... Well, the lyric says it better. I can't remember last night's dream, but I couldn't hit the see-through leopard. So I was in a jungle at a bus stop in the jungle, and I was yeah. trying to – well, I don't know if I was trying to shoot the leopard, but the leopard, all you could see were the spots. So it was otherwise clear. And that's basically it. Wow. I mean, it's not a, not particularly interesting, as most people's dreams are. Right, we've got to carry on now. Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into another song, and this is a song by the band, the Millers. Ah, previously heard, yeah, which we've heard before, which is a band uh, which was a at, at this point a power trio, yeah, with Jock on drums, and uh, I found some Millers on Spotify. I don't remember this one though. Well, we are going to cover 
our years as an American folk Christian folk band. We were going to remember that. I don't know. It, it was a strange period. I think there was a lot of out of body experiences. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's clearly a different Millers, but you did tell me that you found a number of bands called the Millers. There are a few. Wow. There are a few out there, so we might cover them later on in the uh, in the episodes. Possibly. That'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I, th- I get the feeling that a lot of those bands, especially the uh, the Christian folk band, mm-hmm. are they a, a family called Miller? Possibly. I, well, Possibly. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dug too deep into them, to be yeah. fair. Okay. But, um, they're, they're now on my Spotify history. So, Excellent. so every now and again, it's going to chuck you something out. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. But we were called the Millers because Miller was a term of insult. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if, again, this mostly came from Jock's school and the school that he was at with Dick, they would call people, he's an absolute Miller. And I don't know where that came yeah. from. Not many. It's very. It's a very uh, location specific insult, really, wasn't it? But you know, it was purposefully impenetrable to outsiders. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. But this is the Millers recorded in Mansfield. Yeah, and it's a song called "We Understand," and I think we'd probably been listening to Dinosaur Junior a bit. I think there's a bit of that. There's a bit of Dinosaur Junior, but a lot of it comes out sounding a bit like ride let's go
angry, angry young man. Yeah, it was a bit of a thing to have a noisy bit at the end of a song, wasn't it? Well, yeah, we were, you yeah, know, we were a live band. Mm. That is such a tinny guitar sound, isn't it? It's very Huskadoo. Yeah, like, like kind yeah, of Bob Mould sort of sheet of. Sheet well, of I was I was metal. playing through the uh, the the Bandit, um, uh, the PV Bandit, which is was the amp of choice for yeah. for Huskadoo and many other bands actually. But it definitely worked for that song. There's a lot of busy bass playing on it. Yeah. A lot of busy yeah. bass playing from me. Busy bass. But me and Jock were pretty tight as a rhythm section. Yeah, definitely. You're pretty locked in. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I, I enjoyed listening to that one and yeah. I enjoyed playing it. Um, and yeah, you can hear the pedal click, can't you? <laughs> I like that. The Millers supported Stereo Lab, didn't they? Yes, we did. Can you remember... How well we went down at that gig. We, oh, we were so, it was it was not our greatest moment, was it? I think it might have been the only time the Millers played in London. Mm. We didn't play many places other than Derby. We did a gig in Leeds and we did one gig in Norwich. Mm. So Derby, Norwich, Leeds and London. And I think, and I might be getting this completely wrong, so Jock, if you're out there, let me know that I'm wrong. I think we were brought in as a last minute replacement. It was a it was a triple header gig. It was Stereolab headlining with a band called, if I remember rightly, Razorblade Smile. Yeah, that's right. They were the second on the bill, and we were very much the bottom of the bill. I don't know if it was advertised that it should have been Huggy Bear. So when <laughs> so we, we so the, the Millers were basically doing the whole kind of angsty not particularly angry but angsty young men talking about oh you know not talking about anything really um dreams dreams a bit of dreams because there's a there's a dream lyric in we understand and but really not saying a huge amount but being very earnest and being noisy with guitars and so we were doing that and it was at this point that the whole riot girl thing was Mm. starting up that was very much not part of our experience, yeah, yeah, obviously. And I don't know if if we were replacing Huggy Bear on the bill or or what, but there was some kind of link there. Um, so we were there, and we we did a our usual earnest set. And halfway through, somebody in the audience shouted, "Get off the stage, your shit," <laughs> which was yeah. yeah. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty clear as well. It was pretty clear. I mean, I broke a string and then I had to borrow a guitar off Razorblade Smile, which was, was like a hollow body type epiphone thing. There's a picture of me struggling to play this guitar. Mm. And we were pretty shit. Yeah. We would so not what people wanted to hear. Yeah. But um, uh, you know what? Again, going back to the what if. This this episode is beautifully hanging together, you see. Because right. what if. It's almost like we planned it. What if Sally Ann had stayed in the band if we'd kept the Elvis impersonators going. The Elvis impersonators at that gig would have absolutely smashed it as a replacement to Huggy Bear. Potentially? Yeah. Of course we would. Of course we would. So, you know, we were just we were just we just did the right thing, but at the wrong time. We were like a proto bis, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. We did Same the right thing at the wrong time. Yeah. It was just, it's all about timing. 
we just you know anyway there you go i'm falling into a arty fufkin moment there i got no time in i fucked up the timing i got no time yeah that's kick, it kick my ass yeah kick, kick my ass Hanley, kick my ass <laughs> we did we fucked up the timing oh so what what which one of the songs are we going to include in the um in the mixtape steve because controversially i'm thinking none of them <laughs> i'm thinking none of them come um, on that's no, very I mean, negative well i mean the one that time got to, break- we've got to include one of them steve uh, I, i'm going to insist i mean i mean i know there are no rules and yeah potentially we could not include one of them i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sort of completely you know veto that idea but i don't think they're that bad and i don't think there's any of them that are particularly worse than anything else that we've already included in the best of no. mixtape i think okay. that all all of them are as good as I don't know some some of the things we've already got on there. Okay. So I am gonna say you gonna go first. Well, um, or can I? Have we have have we got a Miller's song on there? No. There you go. That's what I'm. I, I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, the last one. I'm, I'm. I liked it. It took me back to when I used to just have a Dinosaur Junior t-shirt welded onto my body for like about a year and a half. Yeah. No, I don't agree. (sighs) I don't agree. I mean, it's all right. uh, Yeah, I quite like the Millers, but uh, no, I can't. I'd I'd go for Now They Can Read Your Mind just because I think musically it's more interesting. You know, the Millers song's very much of its time. It's very... 1990 kind of dinosaur junior bit of ride in there as well bit shoegaze yeah um but no no no. so you're you're saying you think that you 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 would go for now they can read your mind the first one i would prefer to listen to the right wing mccarthy bongo song would you yeah would you yeah okay and uh, and also i mean throw in another spanner in the works I actually really like the the middle song. I really liked um, Sally's, you know, delivery on the on the singing, and uh, and I'm, I just can't get enough of that keyboard bass, man. Need some more of that keyboard bass. Again, I'm going to make reference to the list of songs. There is a much much better song that we recorded as the Elvis impersonators with with Sally Ann, um, mm. and it's a song called Head in the Jar. And she wrote the words to it. Okay. Because well, think know, about the, no, the, well, the one that Time Forgot was one that we wrote before she was recording with us. So it's, it's one that she had more of an imprint on. Musically, it's more interesting. Um, right. And it's the last thing we ever did, apart from, I think, on the tape afterwards, there is a version of the Smith song, Ask. Right, but which, it, look, okay. You, right, don't, so don't, don't, don't be, don't be flagging, saying. don't be flagging up future episodes too no, much because yeah, we're gonna. But what I'm gonna say is we're gonna have some dead air now because we're not gonna decide because I'm I'm not I'm not backing down on this. Okay, right. So thinking out the box here, yeah. And this could be a bit of a bombshell. Okay, I think we 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 don't decide. No. We don't decide, Steve. We we take a vote. Okay. We take a vote from the listeners. 
it's up to you. If you're listening to this, you need to contact us through some kind of medium and you need to let us know which one. When we publish it, I will set up a poll on Spotify. So if you are listening on Spotify, and according to the stats, most of you are, I will create a poll and it will have four options and it'll have each of the three songs and the fourth one will be none of them. Okay? Because I'm, I'm intrigued to know if anyone actually cares. But, yes, you can either get in touch with us through a Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, through the blog, thisrjohnnydomino.blogspot.com, which is always linked in the show notes. So let us know if any of them are worthy of being on the tape. Bombshell. Yep. Mind blown. Thank you very much for listening. Hold on there. Hold on there. (laughs) Wait a minute. Yes. You you keep forgetting. Thank you. Right. I've got to do the end section. Okay. Controversially, this this episode, um, I'm going to do our, uh, our first gig review. Oh, because as I mentioned, uh, I went to see um, Stereo Lab the other day. Yeah, at the rescue rooms. Excellent. Uh, and uh, do you want me to tell you all about it? I would love to hear all about it because I've noticed you haven't messaged me about it. So I'm expecting big things from this gig review. Right. Please go. Right. I, I met up with my friend PJ Beersley. Yay! And it was a challenge to meet him uh, because he was already in there, and it was like a game show really it was like challenged to find pj beardsley in a room full of graying men with glasses that is the thing at the moment isn't it is people yeah. you know people with either receding hair or gray hair everyone's wearing glasses yeah, yeah. it's like a sea a sea of, of of men with graying hair and glasses or bald and a few women a few women yeah but yeah it was good we did, we did meet up and we had a right good chat actually in between the bands one of the, one thing we realised that we're both quite big fans of the cult. Yes. However, my assertion that the electric period of the cult was met with derision and dismay by PJ Beardsley because he really did not agree, and he, he, I think his opinion of me went downhill. Um, however, he does own a, a copy of the Little Devil twelve yeah. inch. Uh, see, I remember when we used to hang out with PJ and our, our good friend Russell. PJ was very much of the patchouli oil and dressed in black, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Well, PJ, when I first yeah. met him, he was the cutest male cure fan in the yeah. East Midlands, I imagine. Yeah. Anyway, he's still a, a wonderful man. And then he also t- he, sh- he showed me after the gig, actually, an old Stereo Lab uh, set list that he got from like back in like 1990 or something. Yeah. And it looks like a religious relic. I'll put a, I'll put a picture of it on... Um, on the Instagram, because it's like a really cool thing. It's, it looks like something from like BC kind of yeah. type, you know? The Dead Sea Scroll. Yeah, and he also told me a really good story about when he went to see Gay Bikers on Acid that is possibly the best anecdote ever, but I'm not I'm not going to tell you that. Okay. Anyway, gig review. Yes. Is it is it is that your gig review that you met oh, with PJ? <laughs> Yeah. Let me tell you about the stereo lab bit. Please, yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Um You haven't written so, any reviews in your past, have you? <laughs> Not really. Um so stereo lab, you know, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. I had a vision while I was watching them 
that I was watching a, a staff band. Uh, it was like they'd got the head of English on guitar, the geography mm. teacher was drumming, uh, there was like the scary, strict French teacher on the keyboards, Yeah, you know, that kind of thing, plowing through, you know, super electric brilliant they did a great set by the way they played a lot of really good songs but i was kind of imagining this group of teachers playing this in front of uh like a a year nine group of students you know your band shit sir that kind of response you know but yeah they were were good it was good to see uh that tim Gaines still does the shaky head thing yeah do you remember that yeah oh yeah yeah, shaky head thing yeah yeah. And he still does it. And cool. he's a really good guitarist. I think he's a great guitarist, actually. I really like him. You know, musically, I think he's brilliant. And the drummer is still a bit unpredictable, in inverted commas, I think. Okay. Uh, and Letitia still doesn't know which note that some of the songs start on. But that adds to it, to be honest. Right. Yeah, and they were absolutely brilliant. I really did enjoy the gig very, 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 very much. Cool. There you go. Stereo Lab. Oh, and Memorials supported them and they were good as well. Memorials are a band that have got that are, I think one of them used to be a member of Electrolane, which are a really oh, right. good band. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which are a really cool band. And they're, they're a bit free jazz at times, actually. So I'd have a listen to them. They're good. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, they're like psychedelic music, but kind of it's the sort of psychedelic music you have to be like really straight to listen to, you know what I mean? Anyway, listen to it. See what you think. Was that enough of a gig review? Very informative, I'm sure. Thank you very much for joining us again on the podcast. If you enjoy it, please like and subscribe and review wherever possible. And do share it with people that you know. And, 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 please vote in the poll to decide which, if any, of the three songs we've talked about today should go on the compilation tape because we couldn't decide. So we are throwing it open to you, our dear listeners. Or listener. (laughs) Even if it's just one person votes, they get to decide. So, you know, you might as well vote because, you know, you're going to have an influence. And if that one person votes and says none of them. Then we're going to accept that vote. Then I'll feel vindicated. Yeah, yeah. Remember to send in your uh, recordings for the Eternal Hall of the Four Track Gods as well. Die vokalischen Laute.